Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Wednesday, October 28, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlanda is here with me, and today we want to focus on the CBS Sports 2020-21 preseason All-America teams. They published on Tuesday. Go find them at cbssports.com if you haven't already. Let me run you through them real quickly, then we will discuss. The first team, and I should point out, this was done by a panel of, I believe, writers and television personalities who work for CBS Sports. So, um, uh, one of our uh, extremely gifted editors, Marcus Nelson, compiled all the votes, and then uh, this is what it spit out. First team, Jared Butler from Baylor, Io DeSumo from Illinois, Kate Cunningham, Oklahoma State, Corey Kispert, Gonzaga, Luca Garza, Iowa. The second team, Marcus Zagorowski from Creighton, Remy Martin from Arizona State, Colin Gillespie from Villanova, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Villanova, Trace Jackson Davis, Indiana, and the third team, B.J. Boston, Kentucky, Marcus Garrett, Kansas, Sam Hauser, Virginia, Garrison Brooks, North Carolina, and Evan Mobley from USC. The 15 players come from six different leagues, three each from the Big Ten, Big 12, and Big East, two each from the Pac-12 and ACC, and one each from the SEC and the WCC. The American Athletic Conference gets left out of the top seven leagues in America. Norlander, what, if anything, stands out about – let's just focus on the first team. What stands out about the first team? Is That that is not your first team. Uh, Who's to say it's not my first team? Well, I am to say because I looked at your ballot. It does not match – it does not match that first team. Is that your first team? Is our is the CBS Sports first team the same five that you submitted? No, I had um, Zagorowski on my first team and Corey Kispert on my second team. The other four I did have on my first team. So my first team is Jared Butler, Ayo DeSumo, Kate Cunningham, Marcus Zagorowski, and Luca Garza. I had Corey Kispert on my second team. And I had Corey Kispert on my first team. So like you, we each had four of the five. Uh, but you're right. I think I think we had uh, either close to 10 or more than 10 people actually input their votes for this. So it is a widespread CBS representative list here. Uh, but obviously, like Luca Garza and Kate Cunningham are the automatics of automatics. And then Io DeSumo, I, was, I would put him right there with Jared Butler as right behind. And then I think that fifth spot, Kispert's on it. I had Kispert. Um, I had Colin Gillespie of Villanova on my first team. Did you vote for Gillespie at all on team one, two, or three, or no? I had Colin Gillespie on my second team. Okay, you did. Um, I didn't think that he was going to make first team, and as you mentioned, he did make second team there. Um, And we'll get to that in a minute. But in terms of the first team, Garza is... The overwhelming pick. I mean, it just goes it goes without. It's saying. impossible to put together a first team without Luca Garza on it. In fact, I would argue it's nonsensical unless you were just trying to predict Cade Cunningham is going to be 
you know, not a player like Kevin Durant, but productive like Kevin Durant in yes. the Big 12. Um, unless you're predicting something like that, you, Luca Garza is the obvious preseason national player of the year and undeniable first-team All-American. He is – I went back and looked at our CBSSports.com 2019-20 postseason All-American teams. 14 of the 15 players are no longer in college. Amazing. Uh, hold on, let's, because uh, I don't have it up. Uh, do you have, if you have it up, refresh, let's just refresh the listeners here and just remind everyone of who was really good last season that we're just not going to have. Garza's the, one, the only one of the top 15 players in the sport who is actually returning to college basketball based on voting from us last year. Yeah. So, um, for another thing that I'm working on, I actually did look this up yesterday so i do have it um the players we had let me nine guess the play- let, me, let me guess the first team real quick let me see well, I, I don't i don't have the first team in front of oh, okay me. okay go ahead here's what i have there, there, there were 15 players on three teams five each obviously uh nine of those 15 luca garza is the only one back in school nine of the 15 left school early and five others exhausted their eligibility in other words they were seniors and now they're gone so let's start with this. Trivia time. Name the seniors. That were in the top 15? Yep. Oh, man. Uh, Azubuki? Yes. Uh, Pritchard at Oregon? Peyton Pritchard? Correct. How many, how many, how many are there? Five. Uh, and, by, and by the way, three of the five were first-team All-Americans. And, um, was Azubuki first-team All-American? Yes, yeah, for okay. us he was. Uh, okay. Um, Three more. I'm spinning my wheels. Uh, all from power conferences? Yes. Okay. Who have you named so far? Pritchard Pr- and Azabuki? Yeah, Pritchard and Azabuki. <clears throat> um, okay, uh, I'll give you a hint. Hold on. Yeah, but don't, don't, don't spoil it for me here. Uh, no one at... Hold on. I'm try, I'm, two, of them, two of them played in the same league. Okay, so there's no one. I'm just I'm spinning through. Oh, Cassius Winston, obviously, duh. Yeah, at Michigan State. Okay. Yes. Um, and then so, the other two played in the same league. Okay, and then and you'll know it as soon as you know it. I'll know it as soon as I know it. Um, it'll be obvious to you as soon as you know it. All right, who was a senior? This is why. Uh, this is why I love the podcast, though. I love running through this stuff in real time. Um, like I'm, I'm thin- sure it's I'm sure it's riveting for the listeners. It is riveting because you know what they're playing along at home. No, they, they've already answered. They've this. answered it, and they're <laughs> screaming into their phones right now. <laughs> Come on, man! Like, like uh, when I think Biggie's guards that were awesome last year, I think Kamar Baldwin, but I don't think he's. <laughs> oh, Marcus Howard, obviously. Yes, oh my yes. God, Miles Powell. There we go. <laughs> Marcus Howard, and Miles Powell. <laughs> So those are the five seniors okay. who were all Americans for CBS Sports. Uh, obviously not back in school. There were nine, nine underclassmen. Don't ever forget Marcus Howard and Miles Power, both Biggie's guards, and RJ hey, Barrett played it. Played I'm it trying, once like, upon a time. I'm not cheating. I'm, I'm not looking at anything. I'm tr- literally trying to pull it off the top of my head. That ain't okay, easy. Well, okay, okay. So now we had uh, nine underclassmen who were all Americans for CBS Sports, and they entered the NBA draft early. Name them. Trivia time. Oh, God. Do we have to do this? Nine underclassmen? Yep. All Americans entered the draft. Yeah. And okay. you get you get 20 seconds to think of each one, and then I'll just I'll <sighs> hit, right. you. I'll um, hit you. I'm in thinking the about the good teams that were good. So, Devon Dotson. 
correct. That's one. Malachi Flynn. Two. Uh, Obi Toppin. Three. Um, who else was underclassmen that were good? Oh, Vernon Carey Jr. Four. Uh, who else was like awesome as a freshman that would be in that mix? Um, awesome as a freshman. Like, how about this? I'm going to help you. None. The other, the other, they're not freshmen. Five are not freshmen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any Florida State? Any of the Florida State guys make that or no? No. Okay. Um, can't pick Miles Powell again, right? Cannot take Miles Powell again. Not allowed, huh? Not allowed. Uh, ooh, I got one for you. Mm. How about, what, did, did Daniel Orturu make that list? Correct. You're how up about, to five now. You got four left. How about that? Um, any of these players on a team that's kind of random, like they might have been like a bubble team, and so they aren't like at the top of my I'm trying to think of guys that were good no, on good all, teams. All of these players were going to be in the NCAA tournament, and they all play at big-name programs. How many more do I have? Four. Uh, how about Jalen Smith at Maryland? That's one of them. Now you're down to three left. How about Jordan Wara at, at Louisville? Nope. Okay. Um, uh, Philip Petrushev at Gonzaga. That's, a good, that's the one I thought you were going to forget, yeah. but he is there. Yeah. You've got two more, and they play at arguably the two biggest brands in the sport of college basketball. Okay, so did we really vote Maxi a, a top 15 player? No, but one of his teammates was the SEC player of the year. So quickly, quickly, quickly. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, man, I got Maxi right. on my you brain because get... we're going to do a, a thing on him. Um, okay, quickly, and then Duke would have been Trey Jones. Correct. Okay. That's it. So Luca Garza is the only one back in school, which, by the way, is, is just the nature of the sport. No mainstream American sport has more – turnover of its top-end talent year over year than college basketball. It's a byproduct of um, the players being allowed to enter their draft whenever they want after spending one year in college. In baseball, if, you're, if you go to LSU, you're there for three years. In football, you go to Alabama, you're there for three years. In basketball, you go to Kentucky, you can leave whenever you want to leave. And so I know that sounds wild that Luca Garza is the only first team, second team, or third team All America back in school, but that's actually usually the way it goes. Yeah, and we'll we'll save some preseason award stuff for the back end of this podcast here. But um, so yeah, Butler, Garza, Desumu, Cunningham, Kispert is our first team, and I did put Kispert on the on the first team there. Gillespie was uh, the one that I had on first team that didn't make it there. Kispert, uh, I just expect him to be. I honestly like the Gonzaga has a ton of talent here. Jalen Suggs is coming in. They'll, they'll be good, but I'm I'm thinking Kispert's like a 20. I'm expecting Kispert to be a 20 point a game guy for a Gonzaga team that again, if the schedule can be relatively stable, so to speak, this is all in hypotheticals, but he's going to be the best player on a team that's top 5. So to me, that's why I put him on the first team and sure. he should and he should and he should be there. Um Jared Butler is the one, I'll be honest, Jared Butler is uh is the guy that I didn't put there. I put him on my second team. And I put Butler on the second team because I don't know if he's going to... Like, Baylor should be really, really good. But I have I have high confidence in Cunningham, Kispert, Desumu. Even though Desumu's got uh, Kofi Coburn, who did not make our second or third team. Um, 
and Garza. Garza, Desumu, Cunningham, Kispert. I think they're all going to like be stat monsters on really good teams. Butler's also going to get numbers, but like he's got enough around him. Macy Oteague is the, like on a given night, Macy Oteague can outscore Butler. And when Butler had to uh, had to set out a few games last season, and Macy Oteague got hurt as well. But the Macy Oteague actually had a, a stretch where he was Baylor's best score for like two, three, four weeks. So that was what I resisted on that. I just. I, I, if you told me he wasn't that, it wouldn't be shocking. But easily, Jared Butler has to be evaluated as a top 10 player in college basketball heading into this season. Uh, on Butler, I think more than any other person on our first team, and I voted him first team, um, so I subscribed. To, he's mostly there based on, well, he's the best player on a great team. Yeah. That, that, that's the rationale for Jared Butler, isn't it? He's just like, well, Correct. God, you, you got to have... Who's, who's Baylor's best player? I'm putting him on the first Correct. team. Correct, which, to be fair, like... So the interpretation of the voting is up to each voter. But when I do first, second, and third team for All-Americans, and we'll get to this with my person on my third team, I try and blend it with, like, you're on a good team. But if I think that you're going to be an absolute stat monster, then I think, like, I won't vote for you for player of the year if you're on, like, a nine seed. But I'll I'll consider you for All-American. Like, you should be acknowledged and rewarded if you are consistently just an outrageously productive player. And, and inversely, if I think you're a good player, but you're not just, you know, you're not putting up the numbers, and I'm not going to put you on first team just because you're the best player on a top three team. I don't, I don't award All-American teams based on that. I award my voting for player of the year based on that, but I do think there's a discernible difference between the two. Um, our second team was Marcus Zagorowski, Remy Martin, Colin Gillespie, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Trace Jackson Davis. So this is interesting because I did not have two of those guys on any of my teams. I didn't have Jeremiah Robinson, Earl. I didn't have Trace Jackson Davis. Obviously, Trace Jackson Davis is going to put up ridiculous numbers. I, maybe it's not obvious. I think he is. Mm -hmm. But how good is Indiana going to be? You know, like, you know, well, I don't, I'm, not sh I'm, not, I'm not sure of that. Okay. Um, so when you say that, it's a couple things here. First of all. Let uh, me be clear. I considered him, like, I, he, I put together, like, a list of 20, and he was on that list. But when I cut it to 15, he did not make the cut. All right. So for, let's just do one step at a time here. When you say that, like, how good is Indiana going to be, he is the best returning sophomore big in college basketball. He was ultra reliable. And I would even argue that he wasn't even used to his full potential as a freshman, which is no, no shot at Archie. I mean, he was a freshman. So I think that he's going to be that much better. I did have him on my second team. My second team was as previously mentioned, Jared Butler, Trace Jackson, Davis, Marcus Zagorowski. So those lined up uh, exactly. Then I had Sam Hauser, who you previously mentioned is on our third team. And then just like you, didn't you say you had a second team didn't you say you had a second team person that didn't even make the team? Someone that you um, submitted for your no, second team I, that didn't no, make No, I think all, I think my we both had three people that we listed yes. that did not make any team and all three of mine are on my third team. Okay, so I got one on my second team. Uh I think Oscar Shibway is right there with Trace Jackson Davis in terms of like the best returning bigs. I think he is going to be just I uh, just I'm I'm way high on West Virginia and I'm 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 telling you like I think Shibway is going to be like an 18 and 14 guy. He so, was the last person I cut. Yes. I I'm I am so in on this dude, man. He is smart. I was surprised he didn't go to the NBA to be honest. Like I understand why he didn't, but uh if he would win, I thought he would have gotten drafted. So I put him on my second team. Oscar Shibway is not on our first, second or third team. I'm highly confident that when we get to the end of the season, barring injury or just schedule weirdness that prevents it, like Sheboy's going to be a first, second, or third team All-American. So I was, he's the only name that I was surprised 
did not make the list. Um, I'm just trying to think. I don't think I voted. I'm rechecking what I sent you. Yeah, no, I didn't vote for Remy Martin on my first, second, or third team. He's on our second team. Did you have Remy on your second or your third team? I had Remy Martin on my second team. My second team was Colin Gillespie, Remy Martin, Corey Kispert, Sam Hauser, and Garrison Brooks. <sighs> okay, so Remy Martin is going to be, and we're not going to... He's, he's just going to score big he number of points for a, top, for a top 25 team. He is, but he's erratic. So he is, but he's erratic. So I, I think, and he's fun as hell. Like, he really is. I think he's just... <laughs> the ceiling and floor gap for Remy Martin for a great player is just, it might be as wide as any player in college basketball this season. And and just having talked to some Pac-12 coaches in the past two weeks or so, um, they think that Remy Martin, if it all works, he's the best player in the league. But I heard, I mean, I heard all sorts of other guys that could be better at the end of the, at the, end of the season. Uh, Stanford alone might have two. I mean, if Zaire Williams, a freshman, hits and hits, he's the best player. Oscar Da Silva, his own teammate, is a big, totally different kind of player. Chris Smith at UCLA, also absolutely in the mix there. Um, so just keep that in mind. I don't know if Oregon really, I don't think Oregon has a player that's better than Remy Martin. But he made our second team. I, I like it. Arizona State's only been a preseason top 25 team four times in its history. It's amazing. This will be the fifth year when that AP top 25 comes out. ASU's a lock to be in the top 25 there. So I like the variety there. And his highs are high. But, I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, I have so much more confidence in Zegarowski, Gillespie, Jackson, Davis. You and I are in agreement. Neither of us wrote it for Jeremiah Robinson or for the, our All-America teams, right? I did not. He is uh, he is the one person we have in common that we did not vote for. And it's not I'm not saying he shouldn't be considered, but I was surprised that he was included and also surprised that if we were going to pick one team to have two preseason All-Americans, I did not I would not have thought it would have been Villanova. I would have probably thought it would have been Illinois. Illinois, but actually, I'm not surprised by that. I didn't vote for him either. I don't think that. I think I, I think Gillespie is just going to clearly be. He's the leader. He facilitates everything. Robinson Earl's a great talent. He's going to leave after this year and go to the NBA. Um, but this is why. Like I'll just I, I've mentioned on the podcast, but I'm going to have Villanova as my number one team when the rankings come out there. And it's because I do agree that Illinois has the best one two, but I would put Villanova right behind him with Gillespie and Robinson Earl. I just don't think that he's going like Villanova. I love his number one team because of how much they have in total. So it's not a bad pick, but I. Uh, if Villanova is the best team at the end of the season and they're and they're like the number one overall seed, then yes, in that situation, Gillespie and Robinson Earl could both be represented on All America teams. We've got them both on the second team, um, but I was surprised by his inclusion uh, there. He's just, he, the, our second team. I just I didn't expect to see what I see on there. Frankly, I thought Zagorowski was going to have enough to get on the first, but I personally had him on the second. So hell, I agree with it. But um, but if you're a Nova fan, like yes clearly be geared up for this because you do have a stacked team and I do like what you have more than any other. Parrish is right there with me. It's just the difference is minor. Like, I think you got Nova third. I got him first, so. Right. Uh, yeah, you're going to see Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova probably in any order at the top of most people's ballots or rankings. Um, it's, it's, it's a minor yeah. thing. I get frustrated when people tweet me. Like, I tweet the top 25 and one and they go, that's a stupid poll. I'm like, it's not a poll. It's just my rankings. I didn't poll anybody. It's just me. 
Again, I'm the only one that notices, but it's no. Not I a hear poll. you, man. As someone who cares about grammar and, and actual word meaning, I know I, I I hear you 100. It's it's not a poll. It's not a poll. So most people's ballots or rankings are going to have you know Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova in some order. I would assume one, two, three, and you can have them in any order. This isn't one where I have Gonzaga one, you have Villanova one, and I'm going to sit here and have a 45 minute argument with you about it, or even a four minute argument. It's totally reasonable. Um, they're all similarly talented on on paper um so villanova has two second team all-americans cbs sports and it is the only school that had two all-americans listed our third team um is bj boston kentucky marcus garrett kansas sam hauser virginia garrison brooks north carolina and evan mobley from usc and that means that is a team that has two players no, just one, maybe just one player that I did not have. Um, I did not have Marcus Garrett. In fact, let me just put it this way. I didn't have Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Trace Jackson Davis, or Marcus Garrett on any of my teams. Um, those are the three that that made it that I didn't list. And the three that you mm-hmm. uh, that made it that you didn't list were Remy Martin, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and BJ Boston. That's right. Um I'm surprised you didn't go Garrett. Now, Marcus Garrett was the defensive player of the year last season in college basketball. I included him because I think that means a lot, and he's also going to be Kansas's most important player. He's going to be asked to run the point. We'll see how that experiment goes, but if you tell me that Kansas can be Kansas and be a top-eight team, and Marcus Garrett's the best player on the team, he's going to be an All-American just as a function of how— he's not going to get worse on defense. And if he can get better on offense, that's why I put him there. I I will say the one so I put Garrison Brooks on my third team and I did it because he's the leading returning scorer of any player in the ACC and Carolina should be better but I'm not like I did it but I'm I'm not convinced like I had Sam Hauser on my second team I think Sam Hauser is going to step in and change the the fingerprint of Virginia on offense, and it's going to make Virginia in the running to be a one seed, and he's just going to be a total. I mean, he, you know, he's a transfer. He's going to step in. I just think he's going to be huge for that offense. And so I was, you know, I like to take a chance here or there. So I put Hauser on the second team, and hell for all, I don't know how this all was calculated, but maybe me putting him on the second team ensured that he wound up even on the third team. Although you said you also voted for him. Um, Mobley, I, go ahead. I had Sam Hauser on my second team as well. Okay, perfect. So there we go. So we might have actually ensured that he actually got onto this team to begin with. Um, I like to hear that. I think that he's going to be a really, really good player for for Tony this year. Um, Mobley is the only freshman who can conceivably challenge heading into the season. Once we get games in, I understand things change, but like uh, just. And I'm, I'm basing this based off of, of not just having seen these players, but talking to recruiting analysts and, and people. It's just Mobley's the only guy that really is in Cunningham's orbit to challenge him. And so that it, it makes sense to me that he's on the third team. I don't think B.J. Boston's there. I actually think Terrence Clark's going to be Kentucky's best player this season more than B.J. Boston. B.J. Boston may lead the team in scoring, so I get why he's there. Uh, I just find him to be, again, this is not a knock. Like, Kentucky's got a lot of talent. I, they're GP, I think just put him in their top 10 because I got Olivier Saar eligible. I also expect, I haven't finished it, but I expect I'm going to have Kentucky in my top 10 of my 1 to 357. Um, just just to set, I, I have Kentucky 13th. I've got him oh, one okay. spot behind Tennessee. Okay, fair enough. And I, 
I don't know if I'll have him behind Tennessee, but he, I, I, I'll tell you this. Like, on the starting day of the season, Tennessee's going to have the best starting five in the league. Like, that's going to be the case. Like, maybe Kentucky gets there, but uh, you play t- Kentucky versus Tennessee on November 25th, and I don't know who they'd be favored, but I'm telling you I would take Tennessee on that day. But um, anyway, Boston being on the third team, like, I'll tell you this. Like, if we had a fourth team, I wouldn't put B.J. Boston on there. If we had a fourth team, I probably would put Terrence Clark, but I didn't vote for any Kentucky player there. And that's not abnormal with what we've seen. Like, um, in, in some recent seasons, like, quickly got awesome, but he was not a freshman when he got awesome. Like, he de- he really developed into something. Yes, obviously, there have been some Kentucky freshmen that have stepped up, but uh, the only freshmen we have on our teams are Cunningham, Mobley, and Boston. And to me, the difference between Mobley and Boston heading into the season is fairly sizable. Um, I, I think the reason BJ Boston gets included um, is that he's the highest ranked Kentucky prospect. So like, you know, a lot of people just were like, who is Kentucky's highest rated incoming player? BJ Boston. Cool. I'll make him an all American. I think <laughs> you know? there's something to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so th- that's that. What I find most interesting about that is that he is the only sec player that got on an all American team. But when we took our votes for sec preseason player of the year, it was not BJ Boston. Yeah. Do you know who it was? Uh, Eve Ponce? Nope. Uh, dude, who was it? Keep I- guessing. It's trivia time. <laughs> this published when I was on vacation, so I admittedly did not read it. Um, there's no one on Kentucky. Ponds would have to be the Tennessee pick. Arkansas, like, has... There's no one but new players on Arkansas. Bama brings back... Uh, Herb Jones and John Petty. It's not. It's not one of those, right? It's not a band. Plays, plays at Florida. Oh, Keontae Johnson. It's Keontae Johnson yeah, was yeah, voted yeah. SEC Player of the Year, but BJ Boston is the only SEC player yes. that made our All American team. Now, I should point out, it's a different panel of voters. Uh, it is. It was just dot, dot com people who handled the SEC preview. We brought in other people for the All America team, so that's the explanation there. But um, I've already mentioned the players. I don't have that made it. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Trace Jackson Davis, Marcus Garrett. The players I voted for um, that didn't make any team, Trendon Watford. Interesting. John Fulkerson. Whoa. And Jalen Crutcher. So you think, shouts to Killian Tilly's half-brother. Um, you think Fulkerson's going to be a better player than Pons? I voted John Fulkerson preseason SEC player of the year. All right. Listen. I think he's going to be Tennessee's best player, and I think Tennessee's going to be the best team in the SEC. Okay. I, this is the to be to be clear to listeners, like that's that's an to me that is an abnormal. I like the variety with Parrish right there because you normal to me that's a little outside the box. I, I want more of that. Now you're not willing to go as outside the box as me because before we started doing this podcast, your your exact words were. You voted for a roadrunner on your list. <laughs> and you're right. I did vote for a roadrunner. I'll get to him in a second. My third team was Evan Mobley, Marcus Garrett, Garrison Brooks, Kofi Coburn, Illinois big man, who I think is going to be a stat monster, Illinois, potentially top five. I think that uh, he's got a really good shot. And then, yes, Javon Jackson, a roadrunner at UTSA. Here's why. I, I like to give a little bit of love to the, some of the smaller school guys. He was the leading scorer in America last season, by the way, okay? So I think he could legitimately put up 30 points a game, which the last time we saw it, camel fighting, Chris Clemens, Campbell, like he's going to be the first guy to do it since then. And there's only been like three guys that have done it in the past 30 years here. So he led the nation in three pointers in points last season, high volume player. Um, 
I'll tell you right now, if we get to the end of the season and Javon Jackson is averaging 30 points a game, like I'm going to vote him for third team. You, I don't care what level you play at. If you can consistently put up 30 a game, you're getting an All-American vote for me. So I expect him to be close to that, and I did want to have a little bit of variety. I knew there was no shot he was going to make our team, but I wanted to give him some love. So Javon Jackson was my pick. Who was your... Um, Okay, do say, you, go ahead. Do you know do you know Javon Jackson's nickname? I don't I don't, but if you actually <laughs> if you actually know it that's insane. Uh, like uh, So la- last night I'm doing prep uh for this and I'm and I'm going through your ballot and I'm like this dude voted for a roadrunner. So I uh, started I was like I was like, "Well, let me see what's up." So I started googling <laughs> Javon Jackson's nickname. The port he's Puerto Rican Iverson. No. <laughs> That's what they call him, Puerto Rican Iverson. Hey, I like it, man. He is. He's the Puerto Rican Iverson. And out of CUSA. I don't know if they're going to win the league or anything like that. They're not the favorite, but um, any he just fills it up and has consistently. So I, I do like to have a little bit of creativity and give a valid vote to someone who puts it up. Like if he was going to average 24, he wouldn't have gotten to my vote. But he like literally might average 30. And that's hard to do at the D1 level. Even Trey... Um, uh, uh, GP, why am I why am I blanking here? I was gonna say Trey Jones, uh, Trey Young, even Trey Young at Oklahoma at the end of the season, like he he didn't he didn't maintain that. So uh, Trey he, Young is not the Puerto Rican Iverson. I know he's not. He's absolutely not. Javon Jackson, one hundred percent is, and so he got my vote. Um, so Fulkerson, what is your third team again? I thought you had another curveball in there. My third team was Jalen Crutcher, BJ yes. Boston, Trendon Watford, John Fulkerson, and Evan Mobley. So Crutcher. Um, yeah, so Jalen Crutcher, like, listen, we'll see how good Dayton's going to be post Obi Toppin, but Jalen Crutcher was awesome last season. Like, he, it got overshadowed because, like, you know, he's playing with the National Player of the Year. Jalen Crutcher was really, really good. And so I think Jalen Crutcher could be A-10 Player of the Year. And if you're A-10 Player of the Year, you, you're, you're going to get All-America consideration. So I went with Jalen Crutcher on that third team. Back to Fulkerson for a second. I... I do know that that I'm probably the only person who listed John Fulkerson, but he averaged 13.7 points and 5.9 rebounds in 30.1 minutes per game last season. Shot 61.2% from the field, 74.8% from the free throw line. And then here's what really stands out. He averaged 20.8 points in UT's last four games. Now you might go, okay, it's four games, small sample size, five. Last 10 games, 18.3 points. He got really productive as the season went on. Now, Tennessee's enrolling two five-star freshmen, which is, and both are probably one-and-done first-round picks. And that's why I've got Tennessee ranked higher than Kentucky, and Tennessee is the favorite to to win the SEC. But um, I I do think it is possible, because this happens sometimes. John Ferguson will not be Tennessee's best NBA prospect. I'm Mm -hmm. not even sure he's an NBA prospect. But he could be their best college player. And if he's their best college player, and Tennessee's as good as I think, He's going to end up being an All-American. That's, uh, I like it. That's that's very fascinating. And um, they are, Tennessee is a is set up to be a quality team. I love this Tennessee team. They, they look it. really, really good. They they do. Um, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to put them or Kentucky first. Uh, I really got to like kind of burrow in in, 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 the, in the coming day here or so uh, to figure that out as I finish out my 1 to 357. I usually save like the top 40 teams for last. But um, but yeah, that's something to, to consider there. Uh, we also had our awards um, so, I mean, you might as well touch on this as we wrap the pod. I mean, it, there is no, in my opinion, the only player that you could give legitimate consideration to is Cunningham because I think he is going to be that good 
and he could like Oklahoma State is a preseason first teamer. Like he he is the projected number one overall pick in next year's draft. Um, Desuma's got Coburn to, to to take away some production of votes, if you will. Butler's got Macy Oteagan. Oh, by the way. Um, just defensively, uh, like they got Mark Vital. Like Baylor's got a lot of stuff happening there. Kispert uh, is good, but you know Drew Timmy. I didn't consider him, but Drew Timmy like could be a top twenty-five player in college basketball this year as well. Cunningham has no one else. Garza, yes, they have other options. That offense is incredible, but um, he is going to be as consensus of a preseason player of the year as we've had in the past decade. GP. Yeah. So the player of the year, um, it. it was Luca Garza, coach of the year, Mark Few, freshman of the year, Cade Cunningham. To me, player of the year is always easy. It doesn't mean we always get it right, but like you, you know who to pick. It's either the best freshman or the best returning player on a on a nationally relevant team. And then freshman of the year is usually just, okay, what what guy's projected to be the number one pick next year? Let, let, let's make him that. That's Cade Cunningham. That's easy. And you can make an argument for Evan Mobley, but I agree. It's, it should be Cade Cunningham. Coach of the year is always, di- like, how do you do a preseason coach of the year? That's all Always tough for me. So, like when I turned in my ballot, yeah, I literally just took the coaches of the number one, number two, and number three team. We had to turn in a three coach ballot. I just went with the the coaches of the top three teams in the top twenty five and one in that order. So I went Mark Few, Scott Drew, Jay Wright. But that's the one. I don't know that there's a proper way because what coach of the year usually is is somebody who wildly overachieved relative to preseason expectations. Mm-hmm. That's the guy who is usually coach postseason coach of the year. But how do you account for that in the preseason? I don't know. So I just I just make it easy. I, and I, do- yeah. I tried to project. So basically, uh, like some sort of weird combination of, all right, you're, you've built something and you've ascended to a spot you normally wouldn't be, or your circumstances aren't such that like <laughs> – you have a lot returning last year to benefit you. So Mark Few won. He did not get my votes. Um, Brad Underwood was my number one. And then me expecting Arizona State to win the Pac-12. I don't know if Arizona State has ever been a preseason favorite to win the league. And they still might not be, by the way. Like, that could go to UCLA, could go to Oregon. But I think I would Arizona- have Oregon. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to have Arizona State as the best team in the league. So Bobby Hurley was my number two. And then given... What Tennessee has, I did have Rick Barnes three because although I don't, I'm not going to have Tennessee. I don't think I'm going to have them in my like top eight. I'm just, I don't think so. But I do think that they can get there. I just put Barnes three. Um, no, I didn't think he'd get a lot of votes, and so I. But to me, it was Underwood for sure. Like Underwood has now built up Illinois to the point where it's going to be lock top 10 and in some cases top five for some teams and he got his players back if Illinois is in a one-seat conversation so he Underwood was my pick but he didn't win it Mark Few did this is where um I think sometimes people lose perspective and I'm not blaming you but like your justification for Brad Underwood is he has built Illinois into a sure bet top 10 team Mark Few has built a West Coast Conference program <laughs> into a sure bet top three team and perennially. I know. Uh, a perennial well, that's the top- case, though, shouldn't Mark Few win it every single year? Yes, I okay. think so. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right. <laughs> I, think Mark, I think when you take a step back and realize that this dude has built a West Coast Conference program into a national yeah. power, he should be coach of the year every year. Preseason coach of the year is the most meaningless <laughs> one. Meaning, meaningless one. Because when we get to the end of the season... If unless you're undefeated or have one loss, so if like if Baylor's undefeated, Scott Drew's going to win it. But like if, if if Baylor is a one seed but it has three losses, it's like the fourth one seed. Scott Drew's probably not going to win it. But if Illinois is a one seed, Brad Underwood will win it. We would acknowledge that, right? Because because Illinois is the better story. It's the same thing with the NBA MVP voting. 
They look for a better story. LeBron James should win it every single season, but he doesn't because they look for the new thing, right? Same deal. Well, I uh, I guess I would say this. LeBron James is still the most valuable player in the NBA. He should he should win the MVP every single season, but he doesn't because it's we've gotten so accustomed to his greatness. Listen, you and I are on the same page here. LeBron James is the most valuable player in the NBA, and it has been that way for a long time without exception. Um, but So if you just wanted to stop right there, who's the most valuable player? Oh, it's uh, LeBron James. Boom, here's my ballot. I, that's what I would do. But the argument for other people past two years, Giannis Antetokounmpo, is that statistically speaking, Giannis did have a better regular season and his team was did have a better record. Like if you're going to say who's the best player on the best team with the best numbers, player efficiency rating, all of that stuff, the statistical vote was clearly for Giannis this past season. But if you just say, I don't care about any of that stuff. Who's the most valuable player? Who, who do I want on my team? It's LeBron. Like that, that's the way the LeBron thing gets chopped up is that you start relying on you, – you start voting for MVP in the NBA the way people do it in Major League Baseball, which is they, they make a statistical analysis mm-hmm. of who was the best lo- while losing sight of who's actually the most valuable. I think that's what's cost LeBron James multiple MVP awards. Um, Coach of the year, it is you – know, I've said this before. Billy Donovan had – two national titles before he ever won a single SEC coach of the year award. Like that's insane. I know. But, but the, the, if you're, if your goal is to win coach of the year in college basketball, here's what you need to do. Listen up. If you're trying to stack awards, you have to not recruit and then coach your team up or inherit a bad situation and then overachieve to this point. Can you name the last two SEC coach of the years? No shot. I mean, I know that they're not Bruce Pearl and Will Wade because they don't get voted for it. So <laughs> I know, like, you can make a case those should be the past two, but I know it's not them. Um, uh, kind of, Last year it was Buzz Williams at Texas A&M. Uh, if you gave me five guesses, uh, he probably wouldn't have been in my top five. And year before that, it was Kermit Davis at Ole Miss. Yeah, there we go. That's how you win Coach of the Year awards. You take over a bad situation, or you or you create a bad situation, and then you make it respectable. And they'll give you trophies. It's a we, it's weird. It's a weird thing. All right, last thing, and we can get out of here. Because uh, I remember we talked about this exact thing I'm going to bring up on last year's pod when we talked about our All-Americans. Who is the one player? I guess you. I guess you. guess your pick is Shibwe because you didn't vote for him, uh, and he's on our list. I was going to say, who's the one player that's both not on, a, not on the CBS first, second, or third team, and also not a player that you or I voted for, period, uh, that ha- is most likely to make us look silly? Maybe it is. Maybe we brought him up. Keontae Johnson at Florida. But the other one that I would bring up, and if it's not him, I'm curious if you have another nominee. I was kind of scanning through the teams. I'm looking in my top 20. The only other one, like, we don't have a Duke guy. And, like, if if Duke is top 10 quality, which I'm not in on at this moment, but if they are, and then Matthew Hurt suddenly, like, pops and is dropping 19 a game, like, it might be him. But otherwise, I think we covered just... Uh, Keontae Johnson is probably the guy. But I wonder if there's another one that either you and I both didn't vote on and is not in our in our list that would be most likely to make us look silly. Okay, it, like the guys that usually do it, it's not usually a freshman who comes out of nowhere. Although Trey Young was kind of a freshman who like nobody... Trey Young was a five-star point guard coming out of high... He was not expected to go do what he right. did at Oklahoma from a statistical perspective. So it happens sometimes. But that's not usually where we get surprised it's usually 
oh my God, Luca Garza is doing this? What? Like Luca Garza kind of came out of nowhere. Yes. So if you're trying to identify somebody who could kind of, you know, go from good college player to whoa, I think Matthew Hurd is a reasonable candidate for that. You know, just as a sophomore, Chris Duarte at Maybe. Oregon. Maybe. I, I could see, I don't, I don't know. He's like way out there and I don't think he's going to average 24 yeah. points per game. No Pritchard. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little shifty on Oregon with no Pritchard this year. But, but, yeah. but I could see him being the Pac-12 player of the year. And if you're a Pac-12 player of the year, you are, you know, you're going to, you know, be in an All-American conversation. Um, if the question is as simple as who's the guy I didn't vote for who I think I'll regret, let Shibway is that guy. The guy we didn't have listed who I think will be listed postseason, I'd go back to the homie John Fulkerson. You're, you, this is going to be an all-time call that we'll never hear the end of if you wind up being right. I want to be right about John Fulkerson. I, I know, I know. Plus, John Fulkerson, he, I mean, it, it just, he, he sounds like he was a, a predominant member of a Southern Rock Act in the 70s. Like, I absolutely no, love John, it. John, John Fulkerson sounds like he um, is, um, uh, sounds like a member of the Traveling Wilburys. I do like that. Can you he name could, he, trivia he, time? Okay. Can you name all five traveling Wilburys? Hmm. Well, Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, the two easiest ones. There's actually a third super easy one. But yes, there's. This is like the Fab Five of music, by the way. Everyone knows Jalen Rose, Chris Webber, Chris Webber, Juwan Howard, Jimmy King, and then everyone. Forgets. Ray Jackson. Correct. Everyone forgets Ray Jackson. So no forget, cheating. I would, never, I would never forget Ray Jackson. No cheating. No cheating. Can you name all five traveling Wilburys? You got two? There's a third super easy one. Who is the first person you think of when you think of traveling Wilburys? For me, it's Tom Petty. Uh, and uh, To me, it's Dylan. But yeah. Okay. Because Bob okay, Dylan's so, the most famous one. You're trying to, right, you're try, you're trying to filibuster Di- here. Bob Dylan is the most famous. Um, but, that's but, actually arguable. But yes, the the one George, that you haven't George mentioned, Harris, George Harris. Correct. I that's a good question. Who's more famous? Uh, Dylan's more famous, but it's it's super close. Dylan's super more close. famous than George Harrison, but George Harrison's a Beatle. That's correct. Okay, the other two. Hmm. Can you get there? If you can't, there's no shame in it. One of them has. I would. One of them has what I would qualify as probably one of the ten most recognizable voices in the history of you know, American music, just because, you know, he was very influential when he came up and then he was in the Wilburys in the later stages of his life. Roy Orbison. Correct. No, are you cheating? No, but because I'm scrambling for the fifth, I cannot get it. Ah, the fifth is the toughest one. The Ray Jackson of them all. Came up with ELO one Jeff Lynn. Lynn. Jeff yeah. Lynn is the fifth one. So traveling Wilburys, a, a super group that actually worked out like that. They, they did some good stuff there, but, uh, but yeah, so is we've it, got. Isn't, we've got Je- isn't Jeff Lynn in the famous Prince? Tom Petty. Yeah, uh, he's one of many. In yeah. That. But yes, I'm. I'm. I think you're right about that. The famous Prince that, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The famous the Prince Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where he's on the Prince is on the guitar. Right. And I think Jeff Lynn is on stage with him. I think you're correct about that. But I think that's go. my best memory of Jeff Lynn is watching him watch Prince play the guitar. <laughs> 
Fair enough. I can invoke some more uh, music-related trivia times on the podcast for this season. I think that's uh, that's that's definitely a goal of mine. Although, you know, I don't, ELO, they're they're all right. Like I'm I'm not like totally down with with the Electric Light Orchestra, but here and there, like you know, it's I, I can do it from time to time. You don't seem like an ELO dude. ELO dude, though. I, I'm not. I I don't want to say I'm not a fan because that implies I don't like them. I've just never really, I've never really uh, jumped in. They're, they're sneaky here and there, here and there. But anyway. Um, I don't even know what we're talking. What, what is this podcast about? Uh, I think it was about John Fulkerson being part of the Traveling Wilburys <laughs> and making his way onto your third-team All-American. We can get out of here. Shouts to Devin Dowdy. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M.F. and Teagle. He's a legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys for listening to the Iron College Basketball Podcast. Once again, in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you enjoy it, please tell somebody about it. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, please go do that. I'd appreciate it. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.